Yo, fatties, welcome back to the Food Beast Catch Up Podcast. It's your boys Eli and Jeff. Hello. And uh, we are in, I don't know what phase this is for us of the Food Beast podcast and and reading through these stories. But Jeff, I know like we're now in this mode of what do we do next? How do we help if we can? Um, so we've had a, we have a lot of partners and, and that have just been bringing up these great ideas. Uh, and, you know, people are in need. People are out there busting ass, whether they're on the front lines. Uh, people are just genuinely like ravaged economically by not being able to go to work, um, losing their jobs, whatever it may be. And, you know, what can we do to help? And I think that's been like a constant conversation is, is like, you're almost crippled by the idea of like, just how can you help so many people? And then you got to realize like, it's just, sometimes it's small steps that can help people, little acts. Um, I mean, more recently we, we did this thing with raising canes, which is that chicken finger joint. And they were really cool. They reached out and we started talking. They know that food beast is a fan of their chicken fingers. And we wanted to do something fun, but we also knew that like people needed this food more than we do. And, and just a, a general giveaway. So we did this like frontline style giveaway where we just wanted people to nominate heroes and like, heroes in the most unlikely of places, your police officers, your firemen, your teachers, but then your nurses and your doctors. And we put this call out on Instagram to give out these $100 gift cards and stacks to these people that need it. And do the stories were immense. Like the, one of the, one of the, one of the people that we gave cards to last week was this doctor in Las Vegas who after treating people all day and he's in a unit with a lot of COVID patients. Um, and they were kind of like in some sort of PPE shortage. So they didn't like have all the protective equipment. And so instead of having just regular cleaning staff come in and clean down this room that he was working in, he, he noticed the person that, um, was about to come in and was about to use more PPE. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm already in this stuff. I'm going to clean down this and sanitize it. And that's just like one of literal thousands of stories. If you guys are listening right now, I recommend going to the food beast page on Instagram and just reading those stories. Um, and, and it was wild. And I was like, man, like I want to continue to do more. I know you want to do more and, and just, you can do so much with so little. So I had that like stack of cards and Again, I'm not the hero here. I did not pay for these cards. Raising Cane's hooked it up. I went, I knew I had this nurse on my street. She has a family uh, of four. And when the breakout first happened, uh, we were talking in our front lawns, you know, 20 feet away. And she was telling me how like scared and nervous she was about like, she travels from Orange County into LA every day uh, as a nurse in a heavily impacted Los Angeles hospital. And I just remembered that. And she was telling me like, yo, take off your shoes. She's giving me all these hygiene tips, like very motherly. And I really appreciated it. And so the other day I just like wrote her a quick little, just two lines on a card that just said like, thank you for everything you're doing. If, if people aren't telling you like we see it and just like a raising Cane's chicken for you. She doesn't definitely doesn't need, uh, my money or generosity, but she texted me, uh, she texted me and she was basically, 
I'm just going to read the text. Just, I just want people to know that like, you don't need much to like make someone's day and like it can, it can help so, so much. Um, man, I should have been, I should have been prepped for this guys. Hold up. I'm going to find it because it's so it's, I don't want to mince, mince her words. This is Congressman Lucarea. That's not it. Anyway, she was just saying that no one had told her, no one had been, she didn't know if her work was being appreciated. And she just broke down in tears. She said, I'm crying, good crying. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm worried about not only the people I'm treating, she's worried about her family at home. She's worried that every day that she comes back, strips down, runs straight to the shower to clean up. She's worrying about bringing in trace elements to her family. So like, Got, people are out there and like, it's still scary for them. If the news is kind of teetering off and we're like, we're flattening this curve, that's all good news. But there are still people, our cases are still up. <laughs> we have not like totally flattened this bad boy. And, and there are people like my neighbor, this amazing nurse, who's just not getting the love they deserve, I feel. So again, it's little things. If you guys can just write a little note to somebody, if you know that they're, you know, working on the front line, they might be delivering for DoorDash right now. Like if you can just write them a little note or something, it does not have to be monetary. That's all I'm learning is like not being crippled by the idea of like not being able to help. Like you can help by just little acts of kindness. I don't know. It's, it meant a lot to me. So to see that. So I'm really appreciative of her work and anyone like her that's putting that out there. Yeah, I feel like there's been a renewed editorial mission, too, for Food Beast. Uh, and we've discussed this a little bit uh, on some of our podcasts. But um, what we did realize, I think, very early on is um, we do have a voice and we do have a platform. And I know that's been one of the biggest sparks for me, uh, 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 like from... Uh, an original background of, of journalism school. It's like, I've been so focused on the food beast business for so long. It, it, it took COVID-19 for me to kind of like reemerge as a writer um, and put time into helping others through the food beast voice. And, and we continue to do that this week uh, on the podcast because we had an amazing opportunity uh, to interview someone from, from world central kitchen and when we're talking about kind of doing good things, doing what you can, um, we're talking about the epitome uh, of this, um, of, you know, hundreds of volunteers across dozens of cities across the U.S. and beyond right now. Um, and this is Chef remember, Jose Andres's uh, yeah, World Central yeah. Kitchen. That's his, that's his organization, right? And we've been talking about him for a little bit. But I don't know a lot about World Central Kitchen other than like in the past when there's like global catastrophe. He's the one that can outfit a empty football stadium and turn yeah. it into a meal prep situation to feed tens of thousands of people. So you had, you had a conversation with, with his team. Yeah, so we, you know, pre-COVID nineteen, right? The, wh exactly what you were describing. So, uh, when there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico, when we saw or we still see the economic collapse of Venezuela, uh, and even in our backyard, right? Even with the California wildfires that seem to devastate communities almost every year at this point, um, World Central Kitchen uh, has outfitted. Uh, 
these pop-up kitchens. They can be as large as stadiums. They can be as small as easy ups. Um, but with their main goal, which I found uh, really exhilarating and inspiring, was uh, giving hope for tomorrow with a hot meal for today. And I think that you know that mission we can all resonate with because we can all understand the importance of being hungry and wanting to satisfy that, especially when you're going through like extreme circumstances. So, I mean, most of, I think our audience knows Jose Andres from, I mean, the vast restaurant empire from DC to Vegas. I mean, he's also got establishments here in Beverly Hills. I remember one of my first craft cocktails was from Bazaar in Beverly Hills. I remember one of like, one of my, crazy high-end dinners um was bizarre meat in vegas where they had like almost the size of your table chicharrones um dude i watched a 20 minute video of chef jose andres on instagram making a tuna sandwich with his daughter (laughs) and it was the most i was i was engulfed i was engulfed he needs a netflix special but on instagram just 20 minutes inside his house here's this dude who who touches hundreds of thousands of people in a positive way all day and then can still go home and show you how to make a tuna sandwich that makes your mouth water. So he's insane, man. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him so food beast because (laughs) um, you're able to, you know, experience things that you can, you can pre-order an 11 pound suckling pig at his restaurants, but he's also, you know, making rice, um, just like we would make rice in some instances when he's in a field kitchen, just trying, tr- trying to, to feed people. The, cr- the crazy thing with our guests is his name is Tank Gonzalez. He's a, a project lead for this pilot program of World Central Kitchen that's specifically feeding seniors in, um, the Los Angeles area. Uh, but the crazy thing is with COVID-19 is they've had to completely pivot their model. So uh, even if they were able to outfit a stadium, um, you know, we you can't bring thousands of people mm. in the area. You can't uh, employ or have volunteers, you know, uh, of a concentrated standpoint because of this virus. And so learning about that pivot uh, was, was really crazy. I mean, we talked about how within, within seven days he was going from taking a call with world central kitchen, defeating 1200 seniors a day. I mean, we talked about how they specifically make sure food is culturally appropriate for each region. But I think the most important thing, uh, to, to us and our audience is they've been reactivating closed restaurants to feed these seniors because um because of their shifting model so they're they're able to not only help these restaurateurs and the employees of these restaurants um, but they're also able to fund them to make meals for these at-risk communities it's seniors here in long beach but it might be children in texas it might be um, at-risk communities in dc and so i think that's what the crazy part for me was about this story is it's not just helping at-risk communities. We've been talking for weeks now about how devastated the restaurant industry, um, and we're talking about there's 
four activated restaurants in the Long Beach area, 25 employees going back to work to do this mission. And so, gosh, the amount of the bounty of overflowing positivity from the story was was really exciting for me to, to dive into. Dude, that's that's awesome. I, I did not expect so Tank had not, did he have a lot to do with World Central Kitchen before, or was that part of the story? Is that he was able to get activated in an untapped region to be able to support it, and that's kind of what is making the World Central Kitchen so special. There is that like, here's how to onboard real quick and help the community. You know, it was a, a little bit of a mixture of both. He had been on the ground uh, with World Cent- Central Kitchen in Tijuana, um, but. You'll you'll listen soon that you know he basically called someone to donate money, uh, and they basically said, "Can you keep your money? But can you start a program in your area?" Um, and this is a businessman. He has a he has a tattoo parlor. Um, he has a law firm. Um, he's had to stop both of those businesses. He's had to lay off the majority of employees at his law firm, and he just like fully engulfed himself with the way that he could help. Um, and so obviously you and I are um, have kind of been through the business side with, with our own turbulence. And so kind of listening to that story and hearing about someone who isn't a chef, isn't a restaurateur, um, but still was the catalyst to what is now you know, 30,000 plus meals to seniors in, in the Long Beach area and counting every day. Um, it's a it, it's a it's a pretty wild story. And I, th- I think people are going to love it. Yo, everyone listening, I'm about to hear this for the first time, too. So, Jeff, can, can we jump into it? Can we go listen? Yeah, let's jump in. All right, guys, enjoy. Well, Foodies fam, I'm excited to introduce to the Foodies catch up audience our guest, Tank Gonzalez, who's the project lead for the World Central Kitchen's pilot program in Long Beach. It's a program that's currently feeding seniors by reactivating affected restaurants and restaurant workers. Sitting in with me is managing editor of Food Beast Reach Ginto, and I'm Jeff Kutnick. Tank, I'd love to hear a bit more about the introduction from you into World, Cent- uh, World Central Kitchen. I'm just curious about some of the international work that you've done and what you've done on the ground. For sure. So uh, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Spreading awareness of such good causes that directly affect the food industry is huge. So you guys being a lighthouse out there for everybody and spreading some good news uh, about the restaurant industry is super huge right now. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, And Leah, let's talk about World Central Kitchen. So Jose Andres, who everybody knows, um, is a person that chose to use his stardom and his magnitude for good. So he started World Central Kitchen back in 2010, but the model didn't really move and grow and scale until hurricanes Ike and Maria devastated the Caribbean. So at that time, I was you know watching the news, and it felt like the outpour of help wasn't enough. You know, there were uh, people that were super devastated still, and it felt like the government kind of brushed them to the side because it's Puerto Rico. So I just felt a calling, man, to do something. So I called my cousin, David, 
and my sister Sarah and I said, look at how about we leave the day after Christmas and maybe we can raise some money. Maybe we can help some people. I'd never done anything like it before, but really quickly kind of use the platform of social media, raise $20,000 in a matter of a couple weeks. And I just started cold calling people and trying to figure out a way that I could get down there and help. Um, a friend of mine connected me with a guy named Josh Phelps. Josh Phelps is just a dude from DC uh, who worked in big pharma at the time and was looking for a way to help himself. We end up landing on the island within days of each other, but we're on the opposite sides of the island, both doing the same thing, which is setting up pop-up kitchens, cooking and feeding as many humans as we could because there was no electricity, there was no access to water, there was no access to food. Um, and that's when World Central Kitchen's mission really developed and changed, which was showing up to disaster areas. And when Jose Andres had first gotten to Puerto Rico, he saw people getting handed out MREs. Now, that's wonderful because it'll keep you alive. But he felt a real calling to create culturally appropriate food in places of disaster areas. So it's cooking platano and cooking mofongo and rice and beans and things that, you know, we're feeding elderly people in Puerto Rico who grew up on um, food specific to their culture. So that was really important. Um, so we did back to the States, get back to normal life, but that wasn't the same for my friend Josh Phelps. Uh, he stuck around and World Central Kitchen went from three employees then to 40 now. And that's with Josh, um, who's the manager of the International Relief Missions. So I've, I've really closely followed what Josh has done since then. He's a dear friend of mine. Uh, he was in Tijuana last year and him being in such proximity to me asked how I could help. So again, went on the mission, raised some money as much as I could uh, and went and bought a bunch of boots and clothes because these are people that had walked from Central America getting forced out of their homes at gunpoint and they walked sometimes from Honduras to Tijuana in the same pair of shoes with their kids with them. In, in, incredible, only to get told that maybe they weren't going to make it into America, which was the land of dreams in their eyes, but kind of weren't welcome in Tijuana as well. So we had a big mission running around, looking at local places, trying to get kitchens set up, trying to get meals cooked, trying to employ locals. Um, you know, so I was down there for, for a little bit of time with Josh, but I dabble where it's his full-time mission. So, but it's that relationship with Josh that ultimately led to what we're doing in Long Beach. So that was the process of having Long Beach chosen as a pilot city, or was there something else involved in how um, Long Beach was picked? <laughs> yeah, this uh, is a fun story. Um, so I was getting beat up, right? This, this whole pandemic it shut down both of my businesses. I own a tattoo studio called The Raven and the Wolves in Long Beach. That got shut down really quickly. Um, I'm also a partner in a law firm. I've had to lay off my whole staff, people that have worked for me for more than 10 years. Um, so it's it's been a really, really tough time, man. Um, and I was just in a dark place, maybe, trying to figure out what I could do. And there was just nothing I could do. Um, so I called Josh. And I was like, Josh, I, I really feel a calling to help. Can I give you some money? Josh, being the guy that he is, said, uh, I don't know about money, but I've got an idea for you. <laughs> so Josh said, look at man, World Central Kitchen 
has to pivot once again. We have to change the business model. You know, in coronavirus times, we can't just set up pop-up kitchens and invite thousands of people to show up and be fed. It doesn't work like that with the contagious nature of the virus. So he said, we're looking for partners, people that we know and we have relationships with to really kick off this pilot program that we're thinking about. Uh, he knows I love Long Beach and that I'm, and I'm kind of plugged in here, um, but he knows I care, right? He knows I've followed him around with a camera watching him do this before. So he said, you're going to have to run with this dude. Um, and that is a beautiful thing for my friend to give me. It's, it's responsibility way more than I anticipated, but him, you know, handing me this baton and saying, you can help your city if you want, you just got to go sprint. Um, so instead of money, gave me this big, beautiful task. So Monday morning starts uh, and I call up my partner in the tattoo studio, Carlos Torres. And I said, hey man, um, I can't actually help our business, but I think I've got an idea how I can help Long Beach and maybe other entrepreneurs similarly situated to us. So I call Christy Caldwell, who's in the building, same building as me, uh, his restaurant, The Ordinary, is right under the Raven and the Wolves. I call Christy and I said, hey Christy, how's it going? Um, not good. Everybody's laid off. It's, it's a pretty bad time. And I said, I might have a way to get your restaurant up and running again. Are you interested? So I, I really didn't know how we were going to do this, right? It, in theory, it sounds great, but I'm not a part of the restaurant industry. Um, I only dabbled in these relief efforts, but somehow I know, like I've, I've done the impossible in the past, right? And with enough focus and enough drive and enough determination, you can do just about anything. So I just start calling people, man. Before you know it, I'm on the phone uh, with the mayor of Long Beach's chief of staff. I'm getting lists of senior facilities. Uh, I'm getting other restaurants on board. Lola's in Long Beach is a pillar. They have a few restaurants, but it's a husband and a wife trying to make a go of it. I get them on the phone, but I'm cold calling people. And I'm saying, hi, my name's Tank. I own a tattoo studio called The Raven and the Wolves, and I think I've got a way to help you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a skeptic, man, so I get that none of this makes sense. Like, some character named Tank is calling me, <laughs> and he owns a tattoo studio and is somehow going to give me money. Um, but, dude, people just started taking le leaps of faith, and I was like, I promise, this is real. Um, but it was really just me doing it. I don't have a World Central Kitchen email address, but I was copying people from World Central Kitchen. Um, <laughs> And it's incredible, dude. I had a lot of support from, you know, Josh from World Center Kitchen, from my friend Fatima that I met in Tijuana. They all really supported me and were just like, go, dude, sprint. Um, so in a matter of five days, it went from me introducing myself to people on the phone to us shipping out a thousand plus meals to Long Beach seniors. Insane, dude. But it, it took so many moving pieces to jump up and stand up and be counted. I cold call a guy from UPS, Derek Stansfield said, Hey man, I'm about to crank out thousands of meals for seniors, but I have no clue how to deliver these things. I uh, think UPS could help. Uh, and at first the, the answer was, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about this dude in four hours. He called me back and was like, Fern, who's the supervisor of all SoCal said, Done, you get a truck donated by UPS and UPS managers will come every day and deliver your meals for you. Insane. That's crazy, Tank. Yeah, that's amazing. Was World Central Kitchen's mission from the beginning to include restaurant and restaurant workers as a part of their COVID-19 support? 
Right. So World Central Kitchen had to pivot its mission once again in, in the face of COVID-19. Um, can't do a pop-up kitchen, can't bring thousands of people together. So it was, how are we still going to get meals to vulnerable populations? Jose Andres, being a restaurateur, really you know, thought of entrepreneurs, people who are chefs, people who really took risks to, to, to cook for people and set up restaurants and thought, this is a perfect way that I can kickstart the economic engine of the restaurant industry. As we know, I mean, retail is just shut down. Our economy shut down, but restaurant tours, you know, that's a place where people gather. It's not just food, it's providing space, it's providing community. And seeing all of these people shut down is heartbreaking. So Jose Andres said, I'm gonna do something about this. Instead of the centralized model, what we're going to do is financed restaurants. We're going to pay a, on a per meal basis, these restaurants to cook for our, for targeted populations that we've chosen. So these are anybody who's been affected by the Corona 19 virus or by the COVID 19 virus, because no population is the same. No municipality is the same, right? So it's finding restaurants that need help. It's finding people that could use assistance. So since the time that we started this program in Long Beach, we've brought back over 25 jobs in service industry. So these are 25 service industry workers that were laid off, that were at home, that didn't know when they were going to come back. And not only are they back to work being paid via World Central Kitchen, but they know that they're preparing meals for the senior community in Long Beach. They know that they're preparing meals for people that otherwise couldn't get it. And to see the reaction from all of these employees of these restaurants, so elated to be back in jobs, but even more than that, feeling so much purpose in providing meals for these seniors that can't get it themselves. It's, it's incredible. It's the vision that Jose Andres had just amplified times a million to see it in person. It's, it's incredible to be a part of. Was this the first time that uh, World Central Kitchen hired food workers uh, versus kind of volunteers? Was that something that was kind of already in effect in, in different uh, potentially uh, responses to, to various uh, emergencies around, around the world? Well, it, it's part of it, right? So, World Central Kitchen, you know, wherever there's a disaster on earth, there's usually World Central Kitchen popping up. But there, there is a component of getting locals employed. World Central Kitchen still only has 40 core employees, right? So that's, that's it. There's a lot of volunteers, but, you know, I, I'm not a chef. I'm not a cook. So more than anything, I've spent time scrubbing pots and pans in these pop-up kitchens or delivering meals or... I'm a big dude. They generally just like, hey, go pick up that heavy thing and move it to the <laughs> other side of the room. So it's getting local chefs who have skills, who know how to cook. So for sure, World Central Kitchen has quickly employed people in the service industry before, but nothing at this scale. I mean, now I, I don't even know the numbers nationwide because they're growing so fast, but we're over 3 million meals served to Americans since the COVID-19 crisis began. In Long Beach alone, today when the meals go out, we're going to hit 20,000 meals that we've sent to seniors in less than three weeks since this started. That's, that's mind-blowing. Uh, it's also mind-blowing because of just 
the amount of economic impact required to fund right the these restaurants and these workers are you are you personally working on a specific timeline of how long you can operate within long beach knowing that covid-19 is a moving target so it, it's it's really tough right you you ask a great question because i've had a lot of restaurants reach out to me i've had a lot of seniors reach out to me um and just say hey i'm stuck at home how can i get meals or restaurant tours calling and saying hey i want to get involved how can i do this there's there's 350 million americans right it's impossible for even the government to deliver a hot meal to every american it's impossible for even the federal government to finance all of these restaurants to open so for sure there's there's budget constraints which is why I've been pushing really hard to get donations. World Central Kitchen covers 100% of all of the infrastructure that's in place. However, you know, people need to donate. And if people donate through World Central Kitchen's website, there's a little comment box. If they write Long Beach in the comment box, every single cent that they donate goes directly to meals. World Central Kitchen takes none of it. And not just that, $10 feeds a Long Beach senior for a day. I know times are tough, man, but $10 is doable for most people. And hey, if it's not, you everybody knows somebody who's got $10 to spare. So World Central Kitchen functions on a donations alone basis. So, you know, we're we're bumping up against about as far as I can scale Long Beach for now, but the city's talking about getting involved. Um I've had incredible amounts of humans that have sent me screenshots of donating 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, $1000. So it really is the more people can support this, the more meals we'll be able to get out to people just because coronavirus affects everybody. You know, there's it doesn't matter what what race you are, right? It doesn't matter if you're a big tattooed freak or if you're a little non-tattooed freak. It doesn't matter if you're yellow, brown, black, white, like everybody is being affected by this so you know it's impossible to scale to to heal every wound out there but it's finding pockets like in long beach i heard a lot of people getting food to kids that weren't getting it from school incredible work uh people who were getting meals to women in shelters incredible work i didn't hear about seniors which is why i chose the senior population in long beach they can't go outside man they can't go and get meals and even a lot of the food service that was delivered to them is shut down because of budgetary constraints. So it's World Central Kitchen who's who's pushing so much of this mission, but it's the average Joe out there. It's the person who's listening to us right now. It's every person tuned in that can make a difference that, you know, everybody wants to volunteer right now, but you can't go outside. You can't be around elderly, but you can find a way to get $10 to World Central Kitchen. and that'll feed a senior for a day. Amazing. Um Tank, earlier you mentioned uh that you were cold calling some of these restaurants like Lolo's uh Mexican Kitchen um and these restaurants were basically able to rehire their staff and reactivate everything. But besides cold calling, were there any other methods uh methods that you chose to um like make sure that these restaurants are participants in the program? 
Yeah, you know, so it's it's making use of all the tools available to us, right? We're all stuck in a house, but we can Zoom call. Uh, we're stuck in a house, but we've got social media platforms to discuss things. So it's it's posting on Instagram, it's sliding in people's DMs, it's cold calling people, it's emailing people, it's getting you know incredible individuals like you guys to to share and promote. It's making sure that the restaurants are doing the same. So I mean, it's I've tapped into every skill I've ever acquired in building businesses to get in contact with people quickly to have an elevator pitch, right? You know, no one handed me all of the things that I've learned over time building businesses. No one handed you guys your following, right? No one handed you your platform, your business plan or your structure. So it's taking, you know, really distant connection points and thinking, okay, how am I going to overcome this next obstacle? How am I going to get these restaurants to go buy a bunch of food just off of my word? How am I going to convince politicians that this is the place where they should focus their attention? How am I going to get media to understand like this is a mission much bigger than any individual that should be shared? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nonstop. It never ends. It's, it's unwieldy and it's large and it's too much for one human. But just like anything else, right, it's just one step at a time. What's the next logical step that I can take to better this? Is there one more thing I can do at night before I go to bed to feed one more senior? You know, it really is like anything else you want to do in life. How much are you willing to grind? Like how much are you willing to completely flatten your ego and do every task required to achieve the goal that you want? And in this case, it was maximize how many jobs we can return to Long Beach and how many seniors we can get fed a day. I think I was really curious. Um, that whole process you you described it's a lot of moving parts there's a, a I mean, you know you obviously given it a lot of thought but what was the timeline from thinking of these ideas and formulating a plan to actual execution so sunday i um so sunday i was just woke up kind of in the dumps not sure what to do uh between us I uh, ate five grams of mushrooms. <laughs> I had myself a really, really good power cry. Um, and hey, man, I got outside of my individual experience, right? I, I didn't think about Tank and Tank's world and what's happening to Tank. It was feeling interconnectedness with all of the humans out there and really thinking like, dude, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you helping more people? So this is Sunday, I think it was April 13th. It was a Sunday for sure. I start making phone, my first phone calls on Monday, the first steps from idea to process, right? So idea comes Sunday night. It's really easy to be like, oh man, that's a great idea. And then go back to Instagram or go back to Netflix or go get something out of the fridge. But instead, just that one little step, which you guys know is often the difference maker, right? I took that one little step from idea to action made that one call to Josh, and now it's on me, right? Now the responsibility is on me. And again, there's decision points, right? Like so much in life, there's this tiny gap in between stimuli and response where your whole life gets built. I could have forgot about the conversation with Josh. I could have gotten lost on how likely this was to fail. I could have allowed my mind to focus on Dude, you don't know anything about restaurants. You don't know any of these politicians. 
you don't know how to create this infrastructure. I, I could have got lost in any of those rabbit holes, but instead I just took action. Maybe imperfect action, but I'm about that action. So I just start calling people Monday. Uh, idea Sunday, calling people Monday, basically put in 20 hours a day for the next six days, and one week later we shipped off 1,200 meals. One week. And that was a very intense week of you know, getting restaurants to stock up on food, getting meal plans in place, making sure that everything is going to be sanitized to World Central Kitchen's really, really high standards, making sure that the delivery infrastructure was in place, making sure that the politicians were all communicated with, making sure that we're getting volunteers in place to deliver these things, making sure they understand how to make the sanitary, um, you know, getting everything that World Central Kitchen needed delivered in a nice, easy package, doing the same for the restaurants, the facilities, all of those things, uh, impossible to do by myself. So many people just stood up to the call and got to work, dude. It's, it's incredible what a focused group of even a small group of people, you get a focused group of small humans with a lot of determination and mountains get moved, man. Miracles get made. It's, it's incredible to just be caught up in the wave of positivity and grind. It's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of, dude. What has the feedback been from some of the seniors that have received those meals, from the employees that have gone back to work, from the restaurant tours that shuttered and then reopened to be supported? What are you hearing from your community <laughs> from those different constituencies? So I'm, uh, I'm usually the guy behind the camera. I'm usually the guy behind the scenes trying to make it happen. Dude, this, this outpour of emotion, man, from seniors saying these are the best meals they've had in years. For these employees who are telling me their husbands got laid off and they got laid off and they didn't know how they were going to pay rent. And to see just like I, I've seen them tear up with emotion. I've seen them express such beautiful feelings about being a part of this mission, being brought back to work. I've seen restaurateurs, man, who are, they're just people who maxed out credit cards and tried to make a go of it that thought that the thing that they created was about to be destroyed. And through World Central Kitchen, found a way to not only stay open, but hire back these employees who are more than employees, man. These are family. You know, the, the, the restaurant industry, which I've discovered newly, is such a close-knit group of people. All these restaurants, they could be fighting each other over who's getting more meals or who's going to do what. Dude, it's just been so much love and so much collaboration. Um, so many people understanding that the mission is bigger than any of our, our personal agendas. None of these restaurants are looking at this as a way to make money. I would guess they're probably not, they're about at a break even if they're not losing a little bit because the meals that they're preparing are incredible. I mean, beautiful chicken curries, beautiful chicken mole. They're making pasta and meatballs for a group of nuns because that's what the, the sisters requested. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 these chefs are using all of their skills to create healthy, low sodium meals for people that really need it. So I, I, I've received more messages of, of love and positivity and encouragement 
to to see so much hope spread in a time of fear all based on this one story it's 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 incredible and it's because of people like you guys i've said it before and i'll say it again man being the lighthouses in society shining this beautiful bright light of hope into a dark time it's only because of people like you using their platforms to spread the good news that any of this is possible that the awareness has been raised that everybody can join in in love for helping people that really really need it so man the the comments from everybody man the comments from seniors employees people in the community the restaurant tours all of it has just been this incredible wave of love and positivity that i never even imagined when i set out to work on this um earlier you touched on the culturally appropriate food that you guys were serving um can you get into more details about that like what kind of meals were they serving in puerto rico what kind of meals were they serving in long beach like how um sensitive are you guys to the palates of the local area so let's let's start with uh puerto rico and when we were in tijuana um both of those like I'm, I'm Mexican, right? I love some spicy food. My pops taught me early on that I was to eat jalapenos and not cry. But <laughs> that's not the case. You know, a lot of Central American palates aren't really used to the spiciness of Mexican food. Same in Puerto Rico. So, you know, even in Tijuana, we're in Mexico. We're hiring, you know, some Mexican workers from the local community to work. But it's trying to be culturally conscious and maybe not have Mexican spice. Maybe have you know doing tamales in a different way, the Central American style tamale instead of of Mexican. Um, in Puerto Rico, you know, going from the model, we show up and people are getting MREs, and it's just like that. That's not what people want. Someone's abuelita doesn't want to eat an MRE; she might rather starve. So it's creating mofongo and using rice and beans and using um, you know local like platanos and doing all of the the meals that they're used to getting. Now you get to Long Beach, the beauty of Long Beach is diversity, right? It's, it's one of the most diverse cities in America. So it's giving an assortment. We've had The Ordinary, which is an American tavern, making Indian food. We have had, you know, Lola's, which is a Mexican kitchen, not only cranking out Mexican-focused dishes, but doing so in a way that's more palatable to seniors who might not like as much spice. So a lot of this is them getting creative within health parameters to make sure no one's getting the same meals every day. No one, in fact, is getting the same meals every week. It's a really nice, diverse way that these restaurants and these chefs are going way outside of their normal menu. They're not cooking the meals they cook for the restaurant. They're creating, right? This is creativity and ingenuity. This is the art of food, but it's also the love of food, right? What, is, what does food mean to all of us? It means community. It means comfort. It means staying alive, man. It means survival. Um, but food really means love, especially when you dedicate your life to cooking. Um, so they've really dove in head first and we're like, not only are we going to do meals that fit within our budget, we're going to do meals that are delicious. We're going to do meals that we would want to eat and do meals that are both appropriate nutritionally and culturally for all of the people. So seeing it, in, uh, up close and in person, seeing the chefs, seeing the chefs build these menus. Oh man, it, it's it's awesome to watch them create. And especially at the beginning, it was like you have three days to figure this out. I'm gonna cook 500 meals on Monday and ship them out. 
but they rose to the occasion, man. You you mentioned earlier that uh, UPS has been a big part of your logistics. Tell us a bit how, um, about how those logistics are working and, and the types of resources getting donated by UPS, who I'm also assuming is experiencing somewhat of peak rushing uh, since I think everyone is whatever they're trying to order online, they are. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about your work with UPS? Yeah, definitely. So again, I don't know how to do any of this, <laughs> or at least I did it when we started. Uh, and for sure, I can look at a Google Maps as well as anybody, but UPS are logistics masters. This is the thing they do. So that's the beautiful part, right, is they're busy. It's not like UPS is sitting around like, what are we going to do right now? Uh, but UPS stepped up. UPS donated us a truck. And these aren't just UPS drivers. These are managers that have normal jobs with UPS, volunteering to jump these trucks, go these routes, make sure. Uh, one thing that one thing I have discovered is that seniors like a nice tight schedule. So if you tell them the food is going to be there at 2 and you show up at 210, those seniors are going to let you know about that 10-minute discrepancy. Um, so it makes sense, right? Getting the logistics masters involved with this and then delivering all of this. It's also one less piece that I really have to worry about, right? I'm, I'm only one person. I can only do so much. So I have pull-ups with my partner, Derek Stansfield at UPS, and we go over the routes. Um, and poor Derek, man, poor UPS. I keep adding facilities on the other side of Long Beach. I need you to deliver this too. Oh, by the way, there's a new restaurant. Can you pick up from them tomorrow? By the way, let's change the route again because I switched restaurants to, in, in facilities to make these things work. So they've been such great partners because I know I can be a maniac. And in my time sprinting, I'm trying to get meals in restaurants and get this stuff going. Sometimes maybe I don't think so much about how are we logistically going to do this because I just believe. I've got faith. And it works. A bunch of brilliant people hustling. So UPS, I'm sure, has saved me from myself multiple times. Um, they've gotten these meals into these senior hands really timely, really quickly, and it really helped tackle some huge logistical issues that there's no way I could have done by myself. So it's really companies like UPS and the individuals jumping on these trucks that, that make this all a reality. That's really cool to really, you know, dive into the details of the impact the world central kitchen has had in long beach, uh, per se, but, uh, can you detail the amount of impact the World Central Kitchen has had across the U.S.? Yeah. So right now, as we're sitting here, let's go to Long Beach, right? Long Beach, we're doing over about 7,000 meals a week. Now you go to L.A., I think we're about 60,000 meals a week in L.A. Now expanded to the U.S., and I know we're way over 3 million meals since the COVID-19 crisis began. That That's crazy to think that many people that need meals are getting fed every day across America. Um, to see World Central Kitchen leap up that fast, get that many Americans fed that quickly, uh, it's a sign of what's possible with enough determination, right? Stepping up in places where maybe a government can't, that's to move too slow, too much bureaucracy. A nonprofit like World Central Kitchen can really quickly shift a business model, create it out of the ether, and then implement it that fast with so many moving pieces. And often it's a bunch of volunteers, man, who are leaping up and trying to help, doing absolutely incredible work 
and often going without thanks for it. So it's, it's beautiful to see it happen. Um, but the scale at which World Central Kitchen was able to move is absolutely incredible. And it's only limited by the amount of donations that are given to World Central Kitchen. So the more donations that pour into World Central Kitchen, the more meals are going to get sent out to elders, to children that need it, to people that are you know, unable to go out and get meals themselves, to people that are economically depressed, to first responders, to healthcare workers. World Central Kitchen is doing so much in so many places that not one World Central Kitchen program is the same. Long Beach is unique to Long Beach because there's a me that's the project lead on this one in responding to what we perceive as the needs in Long Beach. But they're working with the Los Angeles School District. They're handing out meals out of churches to people that need it. I mean, if you look at what World Central's Kitchen doing, they're constantly keeping their social social media feed updated. They're doing incredible things everywhere. So playing my little part in the corner of the World Central Kitchen world is 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 incredible. I know it is incredible. I know on foodbeast.com we covered recently how in addition to all the work Jose Andres is is doing with World Central Kitchen, also offering frontline workers eating free at his restaurants for up to a year after the coronavirus. When some when someone speaks the name Jose Andres Tank, what do you feel and what goes through your head? So I know the initial thought most people have is Jose Andres, Michelin star chef. But, you know, as prodigious as his talent is, I think it's vastly outweighed by his heart. To use a platform like that to do so much good, to get outside of himself. He could think, I'm Jose Andres. I'm a Michelin star chef. I've done what I needed to do. Focus on his empire. Focus on getting money. And instead... That man has left his fingerprints on history. That man has fed so many people that otherwise would not have been fed. The, the feelings of emotion are just overwhelming, of admiration, of gratitude, of wondering, how can you possibly be that good of a human being, right? So money and celebrity are often true revealers of character. If you're an asshole, you're really going to be an asshole if you get a lot of money. If you're a bad person and you get fame and wealth, you're going to be an even worse person. But if you're a really quality human being, you're going to take all of those blessings afforded to you and pay it forward. And what Jose Andres has done in a really, really short amount of time is mind-blowing. I'm, I'm excited just to see what the next chapters are because I think the world is really seeing what World Century Kitchen can do and how fast it can move. This mission is something I'm, I'm blessed to, to try to further in my own little way. And just to be involved in something that a man like Jose Andres created, it, it's one of the bigger blessings of my life. Uh, I was reading the Long Beach Post article um, that, you, that was on you. And there was a line that stood out to me in that article, and I'm just going to loosely quote it, but um, there, there was a, a excerpt in there where you said serving Long Beach is best served in a time where biological and political contention clashed with our food-based system. Can you elaborate more on that sentiment? For sure, man. It's, um, 
I haven't had much time to consume news, right? I've just been head down grind mode. And when I do, it's, it's saddening, right? Because I'm watching people find reasons that they're different. I'm watching people create the concept of us and them. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I am a conservative. I think we should open. I think we should close. But so much of that is just focused on themselves. All people, it seems when I look on the news, so many people are so caught up in what they want, right? So many people are being selfish instead of selfless. So seeing these times when it it looks like the virus is not only doing real physical harm to people and killing people, but it's also doing damage to the psyche of a nation. To, to see all of that, right, um, it's disheartening. But then, t- you know, to dive back into my work and see all of these people not concerned about themselves, that are not concerned about what's their P&L look like in their business, that are not concerned with, I don't have enough time to focus on this, or I want to go to the beach, or I want to go to the gym. Seeing all of these people just push all their personal agendas to the side for the betterment of society, um, I think it redeems all of the people that maybe are taking a more negative approach to this. Um, I think this time is really revealing people's character. Are people thinking about themselves and, and you know complaining? Or are people getting outside of their personal experience and understanding there are people all around the world, but also in your backyard that are really, really, truly suffering in ways we can't even comprehend. I think that notion of interconnectedness, that notion of there is no them, there is only us. I don't care about your political party, man. I, I, I couldn't care less. I don't care about how much money you've got or don't got. What I care about is what, what, what kind of human are you? What's your compassion? How much empathy can you have for the world around you? Because I really think if we could carry a little bit more of that with us every day, the world would be a much better place really quickly. And I know that humans have the capacity for it. If only they can just look a little bit past their own nose, right? And get to a third person experience. I think stories like this, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the people making meals, packing meals, doing all of these things. Looking outside of yourself and finding ways that you can build bridges with other humans, finding commonality, finding things that we have in common, because guess what? All seven plus billion of us have in common being human, having this super fragile human body. No one is self-made. No man is an island unto himself. So understanding that we truly, really are in this together has made my COVID-19 experience, it seems like much different been a lot of people's um it's been really tough but it's been really saturated with a lot of love from a diverse cast of characters most of whom i never even met before this started on a personal anecdote uh maybe about a decade ago i was doing some volunteer work with uh international justice mission who's a nonprofit dedicated to the stoppage of human trafficking um but after I kind of came back from doing some research work um, in Thailand, I started to do my own self-analysis about, you know, am I doing it 
selfishly for cathartic reasons? Am I volunteering for myself? Even though there is a bigger than me uh, problem that I was trying to help with, when, when people hear this story and they want to do something and they want to volunteer, is that is something hands-on and even available to them is, you know, if they hear about World Central Kitchen and, and they want to get, you know, they want to do something, they want to help food prep, they want to help deliver. Um, is that even possible right now? Or is there, is not volunteering actually and donating potentially better because that's just the world we're in, the COVID-19. So I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on can pe- once they hear this story, there's going to be an outpouring of they want to help. What's the best way to help right now? Well, everyone has a role to play in the COVID-19 crisis. Meals are getting prepared right now. I'm not preparing them. Um, there's going to be meals that are getting delivered today. I'm not delivering those. Even when UPS is delivering meals, UPS is delivering meals to the front door and then volunteers are taking it in. So the the volunteers are already in place and they were kind of in place ahead of time. So why am I saying all this is everyone's got a role to play. And in this time, hands-on is not the role that any of us should really be playing, right? We should be staying home. We should not be spreading this, especially when we're looking at the senior population in Long Beach. We're all really, really aware what's going to happen if one of us is cavalier. If one of us takes this too lightly and the coronavirus makes it into a senior facility, we don't even have to talk about what the repercussions of that could be. So it's just really tough um, for people to volunteer right now. There's not a lot of space to physically be doing things and it's probably not even smart. The best thing that people can do to help this is push donations to World Central Kitchen. And selfishly, I will ask that when people donate to World Central Kitchen, they write Long Beach in the comments box because $10 feeds a Long Beach senior for a day. I know it's it's not as fulfilling. I know people want to get in the car. I know people want to cook these meals. I know people want to be hands-on. Um, but you got to stay home because the best thing you can do is not get seniors sick, is not pass this on. So if this is the time. Everybody has the chance to do this. Everybody's got these little devices that they love so much. Click share, click repost, spread the news. You know what? I've had people say, call a senior center. There's some seniors there that would really like to talk to somebody because they're stuck in their rooms all day, every day. These seniors can't even leave their rooms. The volunteers drop the boxes at their front door. And then once the coast is clear, the seniors come out and grab it. Call a senior, call a senior center and see if there's somebody that you can talk to. There's a way to connect. There's a way, even while distance, even from the comfort of your home, using that phone that everybody's on so much that they're probably watching this on right now, Call a senior center and see if there's somebody lonely that needs somebody to talk to. Send this message out. Get people to donate. $1, $5. It doesn't matter. It all stacks up in the end. And that's important. That is a role to play. Just like you guys are spreading the news, they can spread the news to their local community, to their tribe, to their people. That's a beautiful role to play. And it is really, really helpful. And the outpouring of people wanting to be involved, it's absolutely incredible. So do it. Just because you can't come cook doesn't mean you can't volunteer. Pick up the phone, call some people, spread some joy, spread some love, spread some kindness. 
that's a role every human can play right now. And I don't see a lot of people doing it, unfortunately. Um, Tank, what's next for World Central Kitchens in Long Beach? How programs serve as a model um, that's going to be emulated in other cities and regions? So we were one of the first uh, cities involved, partially just because I had the, the luck of having a relationship with Josh Phelps that Long Beach was in super early before this was even in the news. They've expanded, I think, just last week, and, and this is last week, so that, this is old news. They had added 750 restaurants in the blink of an eye. I think it was in a two-day period because, again, we're talking about 40 people as the staff of World Central Kitchen, two amazing individuals on the finance team adding 750 restaurants themselves. So it's scaling, it's growing. The model is proving itself. The model is working and the model's spreading all over America. For the most up-to-date information, check on World Central Kitchen social media. They're showing images and footage from all over America of all of these just beautiful humans putting in work to feed people that need it. That's amazing. Tank, are you, are you taking this day by day? Are you looking out in the future at all about your own career, about all the things that you're experiencing right now and the impact that you're having? Like, tell me how, what the, your approach to the future, both for you and the work that you're doing uh, right now. So it seems to me that every day changes, right? Every day we kind of have some semblance, some semblance of an idea of what the future holds. Man, I, I can't really see past today sometimes. Um, and it's, it's, it's taking time right in the morning. I wake up really early every day. Um, I make myself a beautiful pour over and I sit down with a Topo Chico on my pour over and, and I, it's, it's 5.30 in the morning, it's silent and I can contemplate what my day is going to be. And just like everybody else, man, I sit down and make my to-do list and I try to be really detailed about it I organize it by what's most important, what's most pressing, what's most urgent. Um, and that right now is getting people fed. That is getting more restaurants added. That is, how can I get a hold of celebrities that claim that they love Long Beach? Show it, bro. Put some money in the pot and that'll get people fed. So um, because this is developing every day and I really want it to grow, I really want it to scale, it's taking probably the World Central Kitchen Project 12 hours of my day. Then I've got the law firm that I'm managing. Luckily, I've got uh, two guys holding down the firm for me right now while I do this. My, uh, Nabil and David both work for me. They're doing incredible jobs saying, go feed people. We've got this. Uh, my partners have been super supportive. I don't know what the firm's going to look like in a month. I don't know what it's going to look like in a year, but I've got people keeping it on life support right now. The tattoo studio is shut down, man. I'm, I'm really hopeful we can reopen soon. But I don't know when that is, right? There's, there's so much of this that's out of my control. And the advice that I give to businesses that, that I advise is control the controllables, right? The monsters that we create in our head are always worse than the monsters in reality. So it's looking at what can I actually impact today? I can get people fed. I can just run through that checklist. I can call clients. I can check in on them. I can do the things that are going to best prepare me for whatever the future is going to be. So that's trying to stay sane, which is more difficult than others on some days. Uh, it's trying to go my daily meditations, do some yoga, make my body feel better, 
um, try to get some cardio in, call my mom and check on her, send out a gift pack to somebody to do a kindness, check on my friends in Italy. Um, I should probably sleep, but hopefully post quarantine life, I could get back to, to getting my eight hours in. Um, but really, man, it's, it's, it's amazing to have something to pour all of my energy into instead of just running my head into a wall, trying to figure out, you know, how to get money out of my businesses at this time. Um, I believe that things will come back. I believe in the American economy. I believe in the business models that we've set up. Um, I, I'm just an optimist, right? I believe that the impossible will just continuously be achieved over and over and over again. Um, if done so with the proper motivations, with the proper heart. So I don't know, man. I don't know what a month from now is going to look like, but I do know that today we're going to get people fed. I do know that today I am going to work tirelessly to make this world a little bit of a better place if I can. And worst case, I'm going to fail trying really, really hard, but I'm pretty confident I'm not going to fail it. For, for people who uh, want more updates coming out of the Long Beach Pilot program, uh, they want to potentially hear from you, what's the best way to potentially follow you or get updates in relation to World Central Kitchen and, and the pilot program in Long Beach? Yeah, so following me, I'm kind of the, the center of all of the communication and you'll see all the partners. So my Instagram is tanks underscore travels, tanks travels. Um, and that's where I'm pushing out a lot of information, pushing out a lot of photos and video, but also tagging the restaurants, tagging World Central Kitchen. World Cent at, you know, look at at WC Kitchen. That's World Central Kitchen's Instagram. You can see all the beautiful work they're doing. Um, you know, you can ask your tia how to get on Facebook and use it again. It's Tank Gonzalez. I had to learn how to use Facebook all over again to share news articles, stuff like that. So. Yeah, on IG, it's at tanks underscore travels. Facebook, it's Tank Gonzalez. Um, and, you know, we're, we're pushing out as much information as we can. Uh, they can see beautiful faces of people cooking meals. They can see some interview footage of people talking about what the experience has meant to them. So I'm usually not uh, the most active, but I'm pushing as much content as I can right now to, to spread some joy and spread some love in these dark times. So. We got some beautiful imagery for you. All of my partners do, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep shooting as much as I can to keep the content coming. Well, Foodbees fam, uh, we've, been, we've been talking to Tank Gonzalez, the project lead for the World Central Kitchen pilot program in Long Beach, a program, uh, especially with me being based in Signal Hill, I'm, I'm very excited to be interviewing you and knowing that you're affecting not only the California community, but my direct community. Um, Reach Ginto, I'm Jeff Kutnick. Tank, thank you so much for joining the Food Beast Catch-Up podcast and for all the work that you're doing. Um, I'd, love, I'd, love to, I'd love to buy you a beer or a meal or wh whatever you partake in uh, at some point once this is all over um, and continue the storytelling. But thanks for joining us and, and we wish you and yours well. Thank you very much again. And again, I, I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. You guys are doing amazing work in spreading this good news. Without your platform, without you guys being willing to, to investigate and figure out what's going on here, no one would know what we're doing. None of these donations would be pouring in. So thank you so much for doing your part in this and purveying such good news 
you you guys are incredible. So thank you. I can't wait to get a beer with you and talk all this over. Man, it's going to be nice and we can do it all again. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you guys. I I look forward to joining you guys too. Shout out to you, Tank. Shout out to World Central Kitchens and shout out to Jose Andres for everything. So thanks for your time, bro. Awesome. Lots of beers, lots of tequila, lots of good food. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thank you. All right, right. thank you so much. Take care. Fatties, that is it for this week's podcast. If you had fun and got something out of this conversation on your drive or your walk around the block safely, I mean, we hope you guys can join us again next week. The only thing we ask is you go leave a review on that Apple podcast store. It really, it takes a few seconds. You go ahead, just give it all five stars. Um, Leave us whatever message you want as a review. Every review you leave, means the podcast spreads to that many more people, which, you know, that we, we'd be so grateful for that. It, it means the world to us. And, and these conversations are, are really fun and, and enlightening for us. So we hope they are to you as well. Uh, if you guys want to hit us up, I'm going to give you Jeff's email, G-E-O-F-F at com. You can just email him directly. It's, it's even better than an Instagram or a tweet. Um, but I'll give mine to E L I E Eli at foodbeast.com. You guys can email us just straight up. Just say hello. Maybe you need something. We're here to help. Uh, really appreciate you guys again for listening and we will see you guys next week. 